This week on Dr. Drew After Dark, your taint is burning. Oh, yes, it is. Any, like, bad outcome of someone else's urine being in your butthole or giner hole, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Piss on me, literally. Yeah. I think I'm in love. Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. After Dark. Uh, 818-253-1693 for those voice messages and drdrewafterdark at gmail.com for the emails, which we have tons of both to get into today. Uh, no guests today, just me and the booth boys. Yes, gentlemen. Nice. This will be great to spend a little time with you guys. Uh, let's see. What do I have to get into? So it's, uh, what, Chad, Annie, and Tanner in there today? Yep. All right. You got it. And uh, as I've said before, Tanner is the new Zolo. You're going to destroy this young man, but okay. You know. And Eddie, Eddie you say no, huh? You're saying no, well, that we didn't destroy Zolo? I beg to differ. That or we didn't destroy Zolo. Nah, man. He, Zolo, Zolo's a self-made man. He, he came preloaded the way he is now? That's correct. Yes. So let me ask something. I <laughs> noticed today mm. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. I will get to calls. I'll get to everything. I'll get to all the stuff. And, and, and support people, support us, and check out drdrew.tv and all those good things. I appreciate you guys always. Uh, we love, you love, love your mom's house crowd here. Um, and by the way, if you ever want uh, to get at me, contact at drdrew.com is where you can, can reach me. Um, I got a strange energy in the house today, something like that. Is that is that possible? Well, uh, um, from what? I don't know. In that, I I noticed when I would ask Zola questions, he'd get a, he'd start shuffling shuffling around a little bit, sort of look off, wouldn't wouldn't address me directly. Is there something in the air here at uh, your mom's house? Am I something going on? Something I missed? Uh, I mean, there's definitely something missing. Oh, well, that's the other part I want to talk about. Isn't the Dobbs missing? Right? Mm-hmm. We, you and I, we have not really discussed that. Yeah. And I spent um, two weeks uh, reassuring people that he wasn't dead. Uh, but I thank you for that, guys, because uh, they were people were really like I literally I get oh sorry for your loss. I was getting DMs and all kinds of things for a while. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, I saw Nadav at the Skank Fest. He was there. I actually did one of the, you know, the moment this these slots I was supposed to do with Adam that I had to call, go up with other people that I could find around the uh, Skank Fest. Uh, uh, Potter and I went up for a few minutes, and uh, at that evening, I said, "Look, there's the two first guys I ever met. The any of you were actually the third guy, but the two first guys I met was Nadav, who was sitting over here, and Potter, who was on stage with me." And uh, that was my, you know, other than the Tom and Christina things I'd done a couple of times, that was where it all started for me with your mom's house. So, so how are you guys doing without Nadav around? How's your Hebrew? Uh, <laughs> Chamesh. <laughs> Stein. Yeah. Um, it's obviously a lot different around here. Yeah. A lot quieter. It's a big change. And he seemed happy, by the way. You know, I saw him in Las Vegas. He seemed great. And, uh, is he, is he happy? I noticed he's also on the wall, which was fantastic, in, in the, your mom's house studio. He's yeah. amongst. He's in the gallery of, of 
Is that name gallery have a name? It's got a cool guy portrait. Cool guy gallery. It's got a cool guy portrait. Uh, that was done fast. All of a sudden, he's on the wall there, where he, you know, I, our he, painters work day and night. <laughs> but by the way, at the Skank Fest, speaking of painters working day at night, I'm blanking the name of the guy that did the murals here. You got uh, Chris Rogers. Chris, mm-hmm. I want to say Charles. Chris uh, was at the Skank Fest doing portraits of people as they as they spoke. It was great to see him. Yeah, man, he's everywhere. He's, he's amazing. What a great guy! Shout out to Chris Rogers. And and I don't know if people know about. Do they know about the murals here? Do you guys talk yeah. about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. made a post. And th- post. they're incredible. And he finished this one now too. I noticed, which is great. Yeah, he just finished the the last one, which is a uh, Rising Phoenix. That's mm-hmm. like his. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't want to speak for him, but it's it's a big piece for him um, that he finally brought into like a bigger space that was on paper before. Oh no, can he then re you know imagined in that big space and it's fucking awesome. And he's still got one more to do. He's gonna do um, the wall that goes right into the studio for over here. Image. Yeah, yeah, right next to that. So what's he gonna yeah, do? He's there? got some cool ideas. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could. The way. You know, when he explains what he's going to do, it always sounds so dope. And then, <laughs> yeah, if I try to re-explain that, yeah, it's like, I get I'm it. not an I get artist. It. I can't. Yeah, he's, he's a, a true a true creative genius. Yeah. So uh, everything good with you guys? Any questions? Anything coming up? Everything? Nothing's weird here. Everything other than we're adjusting to Nadav not uh, being here any longer. Is there anything else going on? I mean, uh, no, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm chilling. Uh, I got, I mean, I got heartburn right now. This is one of the only times I've ever had Well, heartburn, why don't you just will it away, my friend? Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's will it away thing. with some Pepsid and some Gaviscon. That yeah. will will it away very nicely. Uh, Drew, you said on one of the episodes that like the long-term effects of... So I take Omeprazole oh, yeah. pretty much daily. Which is Prilosec, yeah. essentially. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, it has been associated with tumors of the pancreas. and Early on, that was a concern about it. And I've, I sort of always kept that in the back of my mind, that we've really not seen much of that. And obviously, it's widespread use now. Also, here's the thing that more recently came up. Uh, it's associated, long-term use of that is associated with dementia. Sweet. So, sweet, exactly, Chad, just what you need. So, uh, and by the way, the, and Zantec I always knew was a shitty drug. Now that's off the market. Pepsid has always been a good drug. It's just an antihistamine. Works great, simple, nothing. Why don't you just take that? Those don't really work for me. Ah. They're like a little too, um, they're like the, you know, they're fast acting, but they're kind of, they don't really address the issue i feel like the other ones the daily use kind of ones do pepsi you should take every day i yeah. take it every day okay okay i would never take the other ones every day although i've taken it for a few weeks at a time i have gastroesophageal reflux right i have to get upper endoscopies every year have you ever had an endoscopy which one is that where they look down with the scope from above from your nose from your mouth while no, you're asleep i've had them go look at my vocal cords for that through my nose yeah and did you have reflux there? Is that what they saw? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was awful. What do you mean? Having the procedure was awful? Yeah. 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 Good times. Uh, well, uh, I'll tell you what, um, you know, if you're, I just think if you're going to take something daily, Pepsi is a better thing. And then when you get breakthrough, then use the omeprazole. Okay. That's what I would urge you to do. Wait, breakthrough? What do you mean? M- meaning if in spite of the Pepsid, you still have some symptoms, oh, okay. then, then you add the Omeprazole for a couple okay. of weeks and then go back to the Pepsid, that kind of thing. These, these Some of the medicines are really inert. Some of them are like, eh, probably inert, but we're not sure. And def- in my humble opinion, Omeprazole is one of those those medicines. So what was the weird energy I was picking up on? Was there something, uh, really? Are you guys um, just not talking to me or is it uh, is I just my brain? No, or I mean like- are- 
different uh, here without Nadav. Yeah, it's different without Nadav. A, yeah. a lot of people are out of town right now, so we're just there's only a few of us in here, and um, you know, just sh- shooting a lot, basically. Sh- shooting a lot of shows and whatnot. So everyone's busy. Is that yeah. that's what I'm picking up? Yeah, 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 Okay, so and here I came in from out of town to do a show and or shows, and I'm intruding on all that. That would make sense. No, no you're part of the. Yeah, I am, but I'm breaking. Work. I'm breaking your stride. You guys have a certain thing going on right now that I'm dropping in the middle of. No. I don't know. It's this, weird energy. This, this is the show. <laughs> this is <laughs> well, I'm just we saying. There's just a weird energy. That's all I'm saying. Like I, I, I said, man, I got I, heartburn. I, I, I I'm, I've never got heartburn, so well, like you a, caught it from Chad. What can I say? I caught but, it, but I'm it's, it's, it's contagious. <laughs> damn. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm rarely wrong about things I feel and I, I feel the weird energy. I just, I don't know. I don't yeah, know what it not, is. You're not wrong, Drew, but it yeah. has nothing to do with you coming in. Oh, you know, well, what does it have to do with? I mean, everything we were just talking about being so busy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I literally felt like I'd walked into a, like a group that had been yelled at by their mom or something. And it's really what it felt like. And I, and everyone is, and you guys are sort of, you know, dressed down, embarrassed. Don't want to talk about it. No, nothing like that was going on. No. no. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. At least nothing we're going to talk about. Well, speaking of talking, let's go to a call. This is Alden. You're so paranoid. No, I'm not paranoid. I just know to trust my instincts. You know, I, I, I know when stuff occurs to me that has nothing to do with me, I know to like listen to it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Alden, what's happening? Hey, Dr. Mommy. It's yeah, Aiden. Aiden, um, I'm sorry. I looked like an author. Al- 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 hey, no worries. Um, so I'm a, I'm a 23-year-old uh, male. I was diagnosed um, with PVCs, or uh, the preventricular contractions. Mm-hmm. And um, they're just really bothersome at night. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I can't really lay on any other side but my right side, mm-hmm. or they my heart feels like it's just skipping a beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wore the heart monitor, and they uh, told me they were benign. But, you know, it's, it's just, like, causing me a lot of anxiety. And it's hard to sleep sometimes. They cause um, I also wonder. They, we yeah. wonder. Go ahead. I wonder. I wonder if it will make my heart like weaken over time because it's just mm. like skipping beats. Yeah. Um, and so, I also wonder if there's anything to do to stop it because they're. And so the anxiety is because you don't believe them when they tell you they're benign. Well, I believe them, but it's like like it feels like somebody like punches me in the chest. Right. 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 Um, okay. So here's what. Here, and and he, he, so this is kind of interesting. So here's what that is. So, so premature ventricular contractions, here's the actual rhythm he gets. He's, he's going along, bump, 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 and he gets an extra beat, then a pause, and then after the pause, a big beat. And it's that big beat that it makes him feel, oh, like he's getting kicked in the chest. And it's actually during the pause that his adrenal glands will put out some adrenaline, some epinephrine, because your blood pressure kind of drops during that pause. And so your body has to do something to boost the pressure up. And that actually adds to the anxiety, right? So you have all this sort of biology of anxiety going on. At the same time, you feel that big beat at the end. And it's like, oh, what's that? Oh, People get very preoccupied with it. So it's bump, 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 pause bump the big one and uh the pause is is unpleasant the big beat is what people feel and it is a nothing historically a nothing uh it may be uh, in the setting of a young person with a normal heart okay i'm prefacing it that way if your heart is normal these are nothing 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 zero nothing zero nothing i i've had them for years at a time um you kind of learn to get used to them now Having said all that, um, there's some new thinking on this. 
that if you have too many per hour over too long a period of time, there might be some association with some weakening of the heart muscle. It's not because of the pause. I don't actually even know why. I'm not sure I'm convinced of it, but I, this is what the cardiology uh, board reviews keep saying now. So I'm going to I'm going to toe the party line. This is the standard of care. Uh, I'm, so we're going to discuss this as something that might be should be treated, and the treatment would be either a beta blocker or a calcium blocker. So something like a tenolol or something like maybe cardizem or something like that um, to try to stop it. The beta blocker is what traditionally we used. I personally would not want to be on a beta blocker all the time. It makes you kind of tired and depressed and, you know, it can be, it can be have side effects. Uh, so I, the medication or the medication is way more likely to be worse than the actual condition, which is benign, as we said. Uh, so there's that. However, I'm going to put a big however on this now, and this is the interesting part to me. We live in the world now of post-COVID, post-vaccines, subclinical myocarditis, and you know maybe you know we I've seen lots of people with all kinds of rhythm disturbances. Typically, they are supraventricular, meaning from the atrium, not from the ventricles. The, you have the premature ventricular contractions. The the more concerning stuff has been supraventricular. But remember, I said premature ventricular contractions are completely normal in a normal heart. If you've had myocarditis and you have a focal area of inflammation, it might be a different story. So it, it, it this has okay. different considerations than it ever used to all of a sudden because of COVID and vaccines. So one yeah. of the things that I might yeah, I do, yeah, and so what I might do from somebody like you who's anxious and I'd like to reassure, I might go so far as get an MRI of your heart just to make sure there's not anything weird going on. There was just a, a circulation article that came out a couple of weeks ago that suggested that people that get myocarditis, regardless of the source, from COVID vaccine, this, this study was on vaccines, but I think it could be generalized. There's some permanent stuff going on uh, in about half the cases. Uh, and in that, in which case, I would treat these ventricular <laughs> contractions, right? So this is the kind of nuance of stuff, situations like this. And then if it's if it's negative, if that MRI is negative, then I would say, Aiden, calm the fuck down. <laughs> We're not going to do anything here. This is I don't know what you don't understand about benign. It's benign, and that's it, and you're going to have to figure out a way to kind of – and maybe one day we'll get your anxiety disorder treated, not the ventricular contractions. <laughs> yeah, having having said yeah. that, having said that though, I can't say that with that kind of clarity anymore because of all this shit going on with uh, the spike protein these days. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was I was actually I was wondering if you were going to mention that because I got a very a very early vaccine because I was I was yeah. in the military when when mm -hmm. COVID happened. So yeah. I got it like, and I was I'm a healthcare. I was a medic, so they they pushed it on me like as soon as they could. So well, and I'm sure you, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the data studies that showed some of the early batches. 10% of the early batches in Denmark was associated with 90% of the adverse events. That, that's one very good study oh, yeah. out of I Denmark. Got it in like, hmm? Wow. Yeah, I got it in like December of like 2020s, I think. So it was early, early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, uh, uh, so you go talk to a cardiologist. They, he or she will address with you that issue of the too many premature contractions, myocarditis, which I bet they'll go, ah, don't worry about it. But uh, and they might just go ahead and treat you without the. Um, I'd be interested to know though, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I'd be very interested. Yeah, I'd worry about it. A yeah. Lot. So, well, so say it. Well, that's your anxiety disorder. It's a different thing. But let's. But make that clear to the cardiologist when you see them. Okay. Okay, I'll right. do. Yeah, interesting. Thanks, Aiden. And uh, let's see. Oh, all right, boys. I want you to help out with this one too. Ready? Sure thing. You got it, doctor. And you guys can't do so much with uh, ventricular arrhythmias, but uh, this one you can help. Drake from Indiana. Drake. Hey, Drew. Um, so about five years ago, I was uh, in a two-year-long relationship, and uh, I got cheated on at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I thought I was at my lowest, uh, this this girl really helped me put myself back together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we were together for about three years. And then uh, about three weeks ago, I uh, caught her cheating on me. What, so, what do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, caught? What did, hang on. What do you mean? Caught her cheating? What did you see, or find? Um, I walked into her office, um, in the uh, the house that we were gonna buy, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw on Discord, like the gaming messaging app, a bunch of texts from this guy that uh, we're talking about what they do together, and she said that uh, they had sent pictures back and forth and stuff. So, oh boy, yeah, boy. Uh, so what's the question um well so i was never intimate with the first girl because i was in high school Mm. uh and she wanted to say herself but we were very uh intimate like moving on with our lives and we're about to buy a house and stuff Mm -hmm. um i just want to know if if it's my fault if i just keep picking the bad people if i'm the problem or you know yeah of course how old are you uh, I'm 20 right now. She was 21. Okay. Buy a house together at 20? Yeah, we'd been together for three years. It was, I mean, she really rebuilt me. We, I thought it was perfect. Like, Wow. So, was, you're, look, you're still I, super I, young. I mean, you should be dating, 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 and figuring out who you are and what you like and what, you know, how to how to even be able to assess is somebody right for me or not. You, I don't know how you do that at 20. It takes a while to figure that all out. That's number one. So you you may be kind of, you know, sort of love addicted, really. You're, you're falling into these relationships way too quickly, perhaps. Um, it's great that you're wondering your sort of role in all this because, of course, that's the only thing you can do anything about is your, your piece in it. So the second thing would be is how's your picker? As you said, are you picking bad people? So one is sort of the boundary issue of falling in so quickly, you know, falling in love with the, you know, the person that's, rescuing you and saving you and all this stuff that's not the healthiest setup and then who it is you are attracted to of course that's an important concern three i would say these have been long relationships particularly for young people and i wonder if you were missing the signs that these things had run their course anyway like were either of these girls saying you know go ahead uh like the first one I said wasn't intimate or anything, but, mm. uh, and then, yeah, you know, anyway, uh, the first one, I've obviously way past that, but, um, this last one, uh, we hadn't been having sex for like the last couple months and we both chalked that up to her being on birth control. And, uh, I'm, I'm a little overweight. So we were uh, assuming that had something to do with it. Mm. Uh, and then I think it just, she wasn't into me and I, it might've been a safety thing for her to, I'm sorry, I'm emotional about this. Um, maybe she was still sticking around because 
she knew I'd always be here for her or something. Or maybe since she had been, you know, this person that was the rescuer, she couldn't uh, be seen also to be the abandoner. She couldn't, she couldn't deal with that herself. You know, sometimes people, they they want you to think of them as somebody that can save you. And then when you're saved and they don't want to stay around for whatever reason, they just, they still stay. So there's, there's three issues here at least just right off the top. You know, one is getting in too quick, one is picking the wrong people, and the other is staying in too long. And there's, you know, I'll just give it a four-separate category. You're too young. You're too young to be sort of asking this of relationships. You, I don't know how you figure out what's what, you know, by 20. Boys, what do you think? I see some nodding there in any part. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, the instant alarm. What's up, Annie? What's up, baby? Uh, but uh, the, the instant alarm that... I heard was that uh, she like brought you out of this. You're right. She recovered you. <laughs> right. That's Rescuing. Kind of, that that sounds good on paper, but that actually could build a really toxic relationship because mm. you should be building yourself out of something like that. So um, you know, as a man, something that uh, you know, one of the uh, unfortunate um, annoyances that you know, kind of, I don't know if ever goes away, um, is that you're not doing enough, and I would um, focus on that a little more in terms of like building yourself to be a better person, and whether it's you know, you said you're overweight, maybe it's yeah. I mean, this is the, the, the let me let me. I think Annie's point is exactly one of the points that's really important, which is people that are rescued are now permanently dependent on rescuing. Yep. <laughs> you're not actually building yourself. You're dead, and that's and that's I think part of too young also, which is you got to go date, feel what it feels like to bind and break and form relationships and figure out, you know, who you like hanging out with and why. I mean, you have to it takes time to figure this stuff out. And I, I were you hmm, abandoned or something when you were growing up? Not really. Um, the only thing that like really happened since like I was a kid was I guess my parents like started to separate and I was around for like the beginning of it and then they got fully divorced over COVID. So, but you, you were, I was like, I feel like I was old enough to not really be affected by that. Yeah. Hmm. Where, what were like, things like before that? Probably three years before. Um, they really hit a lot of their fighting and arguments. Uh, but I was the first one out of my my older and younger sibling to uh, like find out that they were fighting a lot. Mm. So, uh, but it was like three years before COVID. All right. So, All right. it, it just God, I could just so much of this. Chad, you got anything to tell him? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it is just a youth thing. You know, it's um, uh, in time. I'm I'm sure it's hard now, but in time, this probably won't matter that much to you. Well, that's you know that's a great point. I, I've said that to young people more than a few times. Like one, we'll laugh about this one day. Tanner, you're more closer to his age. What do you think? Um, Whoop! No sound. Oh. There we are. Now it's. I think you're just overthinking it too much, dude. Like, well, but he's hurt, man. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a year older than than he was, yeah. and like. I thought it was the end of the world when I went ah, through my last okay, breakup. But keep like, going. <laughs> I moved to Austin, you know, you go out a little bit with your buddies, you uh-huh. have a good time, you meet some chicks that don't really matter to you. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It just really hurts. <laughs> I not say that, but yep. <laughs> it was like Treat some people like trash and that's what they are. That's what you do. <laughs> well, I don't know, like... Just take some time for yourself, man. And yes. In the next, yes. And, you know, the next go-around, 
try to put some walls up a little bit, you know, not in a toxic uh, way, but just, I don't know. I try boundaries. to keep it. Some, yeah, make, You're right. Create some boundaries. Yeah. Don't be so vulnerable. So what do you want to say, uh, uh, Drake? What are you saying? I, uh, I started working out like before we broke up because I was trying to like raise testosterone and stuff. So maybe I could like initiate more. Um, but I've been really in it since we broke up and, uh, I just thought it'd be cool to say I am down 35 pounds and Good. I'm building muscle and Fuck stuff. Yeah, yeah. dude. Fuck I'm yeah. taking Fuck time yeah. to kind of put myself together. Yeah, so. congratulations. Look, do, really do, do that. Do, do that. Get get you. You need some people like Tanner in your life. Some dudes. You gotta just just go. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's do some stuff. Let's uh, have some experiences. Mm. I, I'm not kidding. These are not glib. These are like prescriptions. You you need to. Go do the things. I, I don't know why you've been in such a hurry to, to fall into these relationships. Too much too soon. Don't be careful. You, when you come out of this, you could you could get angry. You could start mistreating women. Don't do that. But that hunch, though, that hunch is right, man. That 35 pounds you lost, I know you feel great about that, and that is the type of energy you want to keep around you. That's going to bring you further than any girl that's going to you know say the right things yep. and love you and whatever. Yep. Do it for you first, man. And then yep. you'll find, and then I bet you you'll find someone by doing that. I'm going to ask a very sort of TV question. How does it feel when the guys say this stuff to you? Because, and I mean it because, well, tell me first, how does it feel when people talk you up like that? Uh, it feels good. I really haven't been able to talk to my friends. Yeah. Uh, you, <clears throat> you, sorry. You need a lot more of this, like a lot more of this, this kind of coaching up. Okay. Hey, I, DM, DM your boy, DM your boy on like Instagram her. after wait, this, bro. Wait, wait, listen. Hear what he said. D DM your boy on Instagram after this. I don't, I don't know how you're going. I mean, just let me know. Just put like, this is from Dr. Drew. Just let me know. We'll talk. Now you're going to get 40 of those. Yeah, I know. It's right? Drake. It's Drake from Indiana. It's Drake, yeah. Drake from Indiana. <laughs> how will he know you? Actually, what, what, yeah, what, wait. What, uh, yeah. yeah, give me your tag. We'll cut it out. Uh, okay, I'll look for it. All right, buddy. Do it. Okay. Yeah. You only, need, you only need, it only takes, Any thank you for doing that. It only takes a few other humans to bring other humans out of shit. You know what I mean? We yeah. Brains heal other brains. And, and it's not, it doesn't have to be anything heady where you were spending time with intimate, the stuff I do, you know, the stuff I talk about. It can be just what Tanner just said. Let's go out and hang out with some chicks we don't care about. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say it that way, but that's the way he said it. <laughs> that is exactly what he said. And he's he's not wrong, I, and but I, I, I be careful. You know, I don't, any of you guys ever come out of a period like this where you get angry with women well, afterwards? You should it really care about them a little bit. You, yeah. you should care about them as human beings. You shouldn't get involved, as he said. You put the boundaries up and you don't get so involved so fast. Just enjoy their company. That's all. You can. It's it's okay to go enjoy people's company. It, it, that people you would you, whatever your sexual orientation is, people you might be romantically involved with, and not get romantically involved. Just spend time. Just enjoy it. I don't know. It's a weird time when people are like, they're either completely shut down or going all in all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, you know, a bunch of things I can do that to you, but I mean, loneliness is a big one, man. Like you, it's bad. You, you think that a relationship is going to take you out of that. No, like, listen, I probably it's, make it worse. Man. I, 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 yes. And if yeah, I could easily just point at anything like what Drake complaining about and go, Oh yeah, COVID did that to all of us. It just destroyed particularly young people like that. Tanner, how was COVID for you? Um, I kind of had fun. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I went out with my like 
This sounds bad, but we would go on hikes. I, w- I started going cliff jumping a bunch. Uh, so this is when you kind of got your shit together a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, good. Right. Try to be out of the house because I just didn't want to, you know, too much time inside. How did you it's end up fun. here? How did I end up in Austin? Mm. Um, well, before I moved here, I was living in a shipping container out in Dawes, Texas. As is the custom. And then uh, decided that I wanted to try film and comedy, so I moved out to Austin, uh, turned 21. I was like, What were you doing Austin. in a shipping container? I was uh, ranching, um, learning construction. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's getting away. Welding, welding, mm-hmm. right? Welding out there, yeah, building, I, I, building fence. I think that's brilliant. I, 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 just, I just think that if you don't know what else to do, go learn a, learn a, a, a trade or go use your hands. <laughs> it's pretty simple. And I bet while you were doing that, it, you started speaking of building each other up, building Drake up. I bet it kind of helped helped you a little bit. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, using your hands, working outside, all these things can just. The, the more we sit in a cubicle and the more we sit on our phones, the worse we're going to get. It's pretty. It's pretty simple. Simple. All right. Uh, let's see. Can we go to some voice messages? I, I I need to catch up on a few of those. Sure thing. One second. Let's do it. Then I'll do some emails. Your taint is burning. Oh, mm, yes, sorry, it is. It's not a voice. Oh, sorry. You don't even understand how long Chad and I laughed at that. It was so... The taint is burning? You just said my taint is burning. It was just the way that you said it, the timing of you saying it, the fact that I switched to you right when you said it. It was just so many things layered on top. What was that in response to? In response to a caller who said that his taint was itchy or burning or something. I see. But you said it like the British are coming, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he he like hit the mic. You're like, your taint taint is burning. (laughs) It was, bro... We Your were talking about burning. Uh, Chad goes deep a couple of shows ago, and uh, they make a whole a whole line of comedy around sunning their taints, tanning their taints. Okay, taint is burning. Legends. Move on. Hey Hitler, um, I just have a quick question. Basically, I've been having this weird fantasy of being like on all fours and having my boyfriend like piss on my butt crack and giner area. And I was just wondering if there is any, like, bad outcome of someone else's urine being in your butthole or giner hole. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Piss on me, literally. Yeah. I think I'm in love. It's, it's, she she uh, ran the cycle on all the, all the great pronunciations. The Gina, the butthole. I'm gonna need her to hit me up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I was say that's that's true. I think that's smart. Uh, did she give her name? I don't know if I heard a name today. Did she say her name at the beginning? Uh, it says anonymous. Oh, anonymous. Okay. Uh, so urine is uh, largely sterile. I mean, for the most part, sterile. It certainly is not, uh, you know, laden with anything that's going to cause skin infections. So the skin is fine. It has a certain kind of pH and the uric acid in, you know, the urea rather, that can be burny. It can be a little uh, affect, you know, delicate tissue like lining of the anus or the uh, the vagina. But it's not uh, a problem in the sense it's not going to really do much. It's not, it's not uh, no, I can't see any problem with it. I, I don't know if that's what you want to do. Uh, I, just go ahead. I don't. You know, most men aim to please, and th- though they can get kind of 
we can get weird to go, no, no, I'm just not into that. I can't imagine. I can't do it. But most men aim to please. You ask for something like that, they will just go, okay, well, let's throw the tarps down. Uh, let's figure this out. Uh, am I am I wrong? Most men will just sort of, <laughs> eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I don't quite know what it's doing for you. I find that interesting. Anybody have any theory about that? Why? Why? She has a whole elaborate thing there. On four, pee on me, got to get on the butt crack on the giner. Uh, um, I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm going to do the research. I, 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 but good for you. Uh, you know what you want. Uh, it's And if, if it really works, uh, hmm. I, I can't think of any reason not to have at it. Give me another voicemail. Hey, Dr. Drew. My name is Tyler out of Colorado. Just got a question for you. Mm. Um, whenever I am making love to my sweet, sweet girlfriend in the morning, mm. um, that's about how long it lasts. I say about sweet, sweet girlfriend, and I'm done. Mm. But if I'm making love to her at night, I can last a good amount of time. Mm. What is up with that? My neighbor said the same thing happens to him. We come too fast in the morning, can last at night. Is that a common issue? Thanks, man. Hope you're doing great. And hello to every booth boy there is. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, I, it's not a common thing. It's not something that has come across my palate uh, before, even that I can think of. Definitely there can be changes in sexual functioning and erectile functioning across date parts. Uh, but in terms of there being a dramatic change uh, of the sort of duration prior to orgasm, that's kind of a new one for me. Uh, I wonder... Just wondering if you do take any medication or anything. Is there anything else happening through the day? Are you are you masturbating every day or something that that makes it? Uh, you know, just wonder what else is going on that might be contributing to this. And it's more than just the time of day. Here, what does that say? Is there an answer to that? Oh, that's <clears throat> that's just Reddit. Uh, what are some reasons? Let's uh, come really fast. Fast in the morning. Oh, oh, there we go. Uh, there's the three reasons why. Let's let's read it. This is Reddit, uh, except, yeah. I can't read it. It's too it far says, away. It um, says men's testosterone levels are highest in the morning. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. Night recharging, horniest in the morning, but also, uh-huh. I was going to ask if it is like, because if you wake up with morning wood sometimes, it's like, what if you've, you've been rubbing the whole, you didn't even right. know. Right. The morning like, wood itself can be associated with stimulation, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and the wood, as I've explained, it comes from you know two or three different things. One is a bladder distension. The other is a the spinal cord reflex from the bladder distension. The other is uh, sort of how our lymphatics and the venous, venous system drains uh, once there is an erection from the other mechanisms. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly prolonged erection can be associated with arousal. So I, I think that might be that. I think I think Annie's onto something with that because that, that makes some sense to me. There may there may already be increased sensitivity by you know the erection being present, uh, morning wood, so to speak. I kind of have the opposite. I think because mm. with like morning wood, it's not really about being like. Uh, it doesn't uh, have to be. It can know, be uncomfortable. Aroused. It's yeah. more like oh, blood flowed there overnight and here Co we are. Correct. Uh, and again, it's spinal reflex and all that stuff. But but I could see where some guys it could be a thing. I could yeah. see where it could be a deal. I yeah. just know for sure there's some mornings I wake up and I'm like, oh, we're going. <laughs> this happening right now. Yeah, you know it's got to be quick it's, too. It's different. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and and that's, you know, if you're an everyday or a couple times a day or those are the guys that are going to have that kind of thing. All right, breast milk still flowing. 25-year-old female had a daughter, daughter six years ago, breastfed for around a year. 
Haven't had any pregnancy or miscarriages. I'm not on birth control. I'm healthy, 150 pounds. Three years have gone by, and if I squeeze my breast, I still express white breast milk. Uh, I will, and it will shoot out pretty far. My husband does not squeeze or suck on them extensively, so I don't think that as he's stimulating production. She's looked into all this. This is good. It's not really something that concerns me per se. I'm more curious why it hasn't stopped there for three years. I figured the milk would eventually dry up. Your milk is dried up. It's just you're still producing a small amount. Uh, but I mean, that's just the way. It's not like she has a full production of milk. It's, it's Your taint is burning. The taint is burning. Um, so uh, there can be several things. One is sometimes this just happens, uh, number one. Number two, just the irritation of the nipple against the bra kind of thing can kind of keep things going, even though he's not doing much stimulating, and usually it's a partner that's doing that stimulating that keeps things going. Uh, three, medication. Uh, and I think you said you're on birth control. No, not on birth control, but I don't know if you're on any other medication. You don't tell us that. And then number four, there can be pituitary tumors. Uh, you know, So you, you might just get your prolactin level checked just to be sure. Uh, pretty healthy 23-year-old male, did a lot of porn, 12 to 18, still watch a bit, always have dealt with erectile dysfunction, can't seem to get it up with a woman. I used Viagra every time since I was 18 with a woman. Are there any health problems with this, and is there any way I can fix this? Uh, interesting. So it sounds like he has success when he uses the what are called PDE5 inhibitors, which is the Viagra and Silas, that kind of stuff. And... Uh, it you know usually when guys have a confidence problem and they use the PDE five stuff and it gets them sort of over the hump so to speak on their confidence they can usually back away from the PDE fives but he says he's still dependent on them so it's not an emotional thing that's he's not obviously emotional um, he somebody needs to explain why he's having erectile dysfunction he's 18, 23 years old having erectile dysfunction that needs to be explained. Uh, I don't know if he's smoking a lot of weed. I don't know if he's smoking cigarettes. I don't know if there, I mean, there are things, uh, drinking a lot of alcohol, all these things can affect erectile dysfunction and need to be evaluated. In terms of health problems, you get it more esophageal reflux. Uh, we've been talking, this is our, our reflux show. Uh, having Taking those medication it loosens the muscle between the esophagus and the stomach and can cause the acid to go up into the esophagus. It is associated also rarely with some eye problems. And so, you know, as a young person, we don't necessarily want you exposed to a lot of that. Um, beyond that, everything else is obscure side effects. But, you know, you don't want to be taking medication if you don't have to. Young person, young male, young people should not be on meds. 24-year-old woman diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Doctors did not offer any sort of treatment plan. I'm wondering where I should go from here. My diet is decent. I work out regularly, but I still have constant bloat, belly fat, my lower abdomen. How do I lose control of this? Well, uh, a lot of people use metformin uh, with people with PCOS. Um, also, if there's uh, painful menses or significantly irregular periods, you might go on some hormonal contraceptives to try to get the, the cycling uh, stabilized. Uh, there are some dietary ideas out there on how to help with PCOS, but it is one of those chronic conditions that is very common and uh, a lot of ideas about what can be done. Let's see if there's anything new out there. Uh, just really quick, just so I'm updated too. Uh, a picture of Macy Bookout just came up on my Twitter uh, feed uh, as I was uh, looking here, and she's one of the teen mom with PCOS, interestingly. Letrozole, new research found that Novartis's aromatase inhibitor uh, currently appears to be more effective. Uh, okay. Sensitizers such as metformin have long been used, right? 
uh, SGL, SGLT2 inhibitors, which is sort of, uh, let me see what the common names of all those are. I don't want to misspeak about that. So that's interesting, and that makes sense to me. That would be another a new a new way of going at this. Yeah, Impagliardians, Invocana, Stiglara. This is another sort of diabetes medicine. It's in the Jardians is sort of the more common one. That's interesting that this is now something that is being used. Uh, it's a sodium glucose transporter uh, inhibitor, SGLT2. So that's interesting. So the SGLT2 inhibitors might be a new treatment for PCOS. Uh, definitely talk to a doctor who has experience with that. Uh, Stephanie from Canada, a question about my period. I'm 35. I'd always had problems with my menstrual cycle. I used to have them for weeks to months. Now we have them every three months. I don't know quite what that means. So, but except they're getting longer. Had my uh, after I had my son, they changed to three months. All right. I've been noticing more facial hair, which is annoying. Does this have anything to do with my cycle? Yes. <laughs> and by the way, PCOS commonly can do that too. So that's something that's a, a possible mechanism there. But yeah, you may be having anovulatory cycles. Uh, you may be sort of overweight right now too. That can be associated with all of this. So uh, please do t- talk to your gynecologist about that. Nicole, what's going on? Hi, Dr. Mommy. Hey, Mommy. Okay, so I'm a nurse, so I know how much doctors love patients taking forever to get to the point. So I'm going to get right to it. <laughs> You're um, so funny. That's so true. It's so true because the yeah, patients, so, you know, with what's embedded in that is patients don't know what's important. They think that everything they're telling you is super important when we need to, we need to know these very, very specific things usually. So go ahead. All right. So I'm always thirsty. I drink about eight to 10 gallons of water a day mm. and that's like limiting myself. Mm. My lab values have been normal. Um, but over the past year, I've noticed my urine smelling really foul. And I know you're thinking like STD, UTI, both of that is negative. Could my water consumption have anything to do with uh, kidney function and my urine smelling weird? Are you on any medication? No medication. No supplements? Nope. Okay. Uh, no birth control pills, no nothing. Zero. Nothing. No, okay. no, nothing. Okay. So one of the things that can happen with some people is they can actually get a washout of their uh, collecting system, concentration system. And you, you send so much water through that it, you actually wash out the gradient a little bit. So the, the effect is not as efficient as it should be. So it sort of feeds on itself. You have to kind of back off for a while and let it kind of equilibrate. It will automatically on its own. It takes a couple of days. But if you're not putting out so much urine, you may not be as thirsty. Obviously, the other, the other possibility is that the you know, ADH system is off some, for some reason. Why would a healthy person have that? You know, I, I can't think of any reason that you would have, you know, concentrating problems, and you know, unless you, you've been having this for a long time. I've been consuming that amount of water for, you know, three or four years. Yeah. And so the urine smell has been the past year. So I'm well, the urine smell thing, my water yeah, the urine smell thing, I can't explain. That That's odd, because usually when you have dilute urine, it smells less, you know, it's less smelly, Right. You don't eat asparagus every day or something strange like that? Nope. No. Nope. That the smell is the oddest thing that you're describing of all. Um have you had any va- like that ammonia smell? Yeah. Cause again 
it makes me think about whether or not you have a disorder of your concentrating system, which is making the urine less dilute, highly concentrated, but more volume. That's an odd... Have you ever seen a nephrologist about this? Would you suggest like an ultrasound? I went Mm -hmm. to a nephrologist and he made me measure intake output. That was normal. Would you recommend like an ultrasound of my kidneys to see if something's going on? See, I think I'd go, I I, I can't think of anything structural you're going to see in a kidney. Let me think about this. Do do polycystic kidneys, anybody in your family have polycystic kidneys? No history of kidney issues. Hmm. Because there's something called... Not diabetic. Right. There's something called polyuric renal failure, where people go into renal failure by, you know, exactly this thing you're talking about. But those are... Let me me look that up. What conditions cause that? Have you... I'm sure you've been down this road a lot of different ways. I mean, what, what are you thinking it is? What are you worried it is? Uh... I have a tumor... That's why I was thinking ultrasound, pituitary yeah, the, gland. I don't know. Yeah, the pituitary is what I'm thinking about. Uh, kidney infection, they say. Well, be a, you'd know about that. Uh, diabetes insipidus is the the one thing. You know, there there is central diabetes in, in, insipidus, and there's nephrogenic diabetes insipidus, right? Uh, and that mm-hmm. each of them has a different workup. Okay. How to diagnose? Did they, did they feel that your urine was too dilute? Yeah, because when I was in nursing school, they made me take drug tests. So every test that I took, it came back as like too diluted, like I was tampering with the drug test. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. So like, so ADH, right? Antidiuretic hormone would be the thing to test. MRI would be the thing. So yeah, it'd be ADH and MRI would be the sort of starting points. But that still wouldn't okay. that wouldn't rule out nephrogenic DI, right? And so you you should you know I, I would stay with that nephrologist and keep going. It's it, it I I've learned you know you talked about frustrations that physicians have with patients that don't get to the point. The other thing I've learned is when somebody really when somebody's feels that something isn't right, I, I know not to ignore the patient. Also, so I would say make sure you get proper attention. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's see. It'd be very interesting to see what this is. And it might. And by the way, it might just be you. Of course, it might just be your sort of genetic kind of makeup that you're sort of set up this way. And and I also would do do what I said earlier too was try to back off on the amount of, of water intake and see if your collecting system doesn't kind of reequilibrate itself a little bit. It's, it's certainly something worth trying before you go into okay. a multi million dollar workup. Okay. Okay. We'll do. Thank right. you. You bet. All right. Uh, Let's see some videos, if you guys don't mind, and get some more voice messages. Yeah, we don't have too many more videos okay. for you. We do. We have one more medical video, but then we do have more voicemails too. Okay, Is, and I don't get to see any fun videos from Christina's collection of rogues. Well, what have you? What have you been seeing? I don't know. I just see a lot of a lot of TikToked folks out there. <laughs> She's sort of falling into. You've seen all that? Any saying yeah? She's some people with. Uh, I'm just laughing at your terms. Strange your scientific terms. Well, I could just say talked. Uh, just some said. strange types out there. Uh, yeah, I, people, I, I know we're getting into, you know what it is? It's, it's when I start feeling bad for people, I know that she's in full form. And I was, and I look at her, her, her Instagram now, I just start going, oh, God, I've, why are we looking at this? I feel bad for these people. 
you know what? I do have one really stupid, weird question. That's always good. Uh, so, so remember I told you I had that clicking sound in my, my throat. Sometimes I wake up yes. or after sex, I, yes. I can hear a clicking. Yeah. <clears throat> so that, uh, that happened again, like whatever, maybe a week ago or something. So I recorded it. I'm sure it wouldn't play like it's so low that it probably wouldn't play through the mic, but, um, you can hear it. I'll, I'll show it to you after the show and you okay. you hear like a clicking and so I was like, that's so weird. And so I started moving my body just to see, like, is there some, is there some part of me that if I move, it makes it worse mm-hmm. or, like, it gets rid of it? And then I moved my arm or, like, my shoulder, like, forward, and I, like, gasped. Like, I, I, I exhaled. And I was, <laughs> like, I was, like, surprised because I'm like, wait, I, I didn't just do that. Did <laughs> I just do that? <laughs> and so then I just did this. And like I'll I'll do it right now. It's gonna sound crazy, and I'm gonna look fucking stupid. But it's okay. Check <laughs> I can't wait. Out. So you you move like not your torso, just your shoulders mm-hmm. forward and back. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me see if it'll, if the mic will pick it up. <laughs> that looks so fucking stupid. But did you hear that? I did. Uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not and, exhaling. And I'm not. I I wonder if you're. Gosh, I've seen a almost an epidemic lately of phrenic nerve problems, believe what, it or not. It's a COVID thing, I think. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, what the fuck is not COVID? Well, the phrenic nerve is the nerve that kind of controls the diaphragm. Mm. Uh, and there's been you know, varying degrees of dysfunction of that. Of that. Um, you would sort of identify it with a chest X-ray. If you see the diaphragm up on that side, it kind of is a sign that that's going on. Mm. It's If you're not having any symptoms from it, right? I, I wouldn't make anything of this. I mean, other than feeling really stupid, no, no symptoms. Yeah, yeah. it it and it it, it kind of makes sense to me. It might go along with the kind of clicking kind of thing because it's just an odd little deal. Mm. Um, I'd want a chest X-ray. That's what I would want. Just Very to just to kind of yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing. And I asked th- everybody around the office just to do it. Just that, that everybody looked stupid one one day. And no, uh, ever oh, there was one per- one person, Alan who like he barely there was a little exhale and I was like you see it fucking he did it too well what makes like me wonder so way it makes less. me wonder I, it makes sense to me that this is a way to force your diaphragm to move a bit mm-hmm. and if it if it's up higher than it should be it would move a bit of air like that you see what Whoa. i'm saying and so that's what i'm kind of worried about and it may just be you maybe normal just like alan was normal but it, the the amount of air with the weird clicking and stuff, and and it started kind of recently. Did you have full? Are you fully vaccinated and everything? Uh, not fully. Okay. No. Did you have COVID ever? I've had it like fourteen. Times You're right. Now. So it yeah. makes me worry about that. And stuff. my lungs have always been shitty. Yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do. With maybe that. They also told maybe me I had asthma as a kid. And it could be asthma. Maybe just that. a little. It could be you know it's something called pulmonary reserve. There's part of your lung that doesn't expand when you when you uh, inhale. Mm. And maybe that's kind of uh, asthma can make that a little bigger than it should be. You know, you get some obstruction and some air trapped in there, and so maybe you're releasing the trapped air. I don't know. I, I would do a little bit of a evaluation. It's kind of you interesting. have been smoking with me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever you offer me one, he's I'm back down. in it. I'm down, man. He's back in the game. I'm down. Hey, it's cool. You know what I I do like about it is that it forces you to take a break. That's that's one thing that was actually cool about smoking was that it forced me to go outside and stop. Because when I work, if I do any, or actually if I do anything, I don't stop. It's yeah, just I'm with it's you. nonstop. Go go go. Is go, that go. better taking a break? <laughs> it, would, for sure, it? because because <laughs> you fucking you know your brain takes a second to yeah. slow down and think about what's going on around you. And what's interesting talk. is I said that exact same thing, and you gave me shit for doing that. 
I don't recall. It was on the show. It's recorded. We can look it up. Oh, I believe you. I mean, I also just like giving you shit. So that makes but sense. You, yeah. but you're still in the zone where you can start or stop cigarettes at, at will. Oh, I mean a thousand percent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thousand percent. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. It's your voice message. Hi, Doctor Hitler. Hey. I've noticed that any time I have a sore throat, if I just happen to swallow some cock, it seems to help that issue. So just wanted to know if there's any science behind that or if, you know, it's all placebo effect in my head that, you know, sucking a little dick will cure a sore throat. Um, piss on me, beat me, and you bet your ass I'll be coming up in May. Thank you. Bye. I, uh, again, we don't know, but I'm ready to do the research. That's exactly I what I figured. Yes. I, I was going to say, I certainly no, there's no, no way do I want to discourage this because if it works great and also her boyfriend would kill me. Uh, so, so I, I have, I'm trying to think of possible mechanisms, but I, here's again, this is back to what I was talking to Nicole about. If there's something happening and you're really clear about it and it's really happening, it, it, I may not be able to come up with a mechanism, but good for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, placebo, I mean, sore throats are a pretty distinct thing. And by the way, let's put it this way. If when Next time you do it, all right, next time you look and see if you have redness in the back. And you're going to have to like maybe even take a picture of it so you don't – that you could distort what I'm about to say. But if there's significant redness or even ulceration in the back of the throat and then you do your thing – and that gets better. There's not much arguing with that. Uh, I, it's, I mean, I imagine I can't what think of what soothing chemicals would be in there. There's cytokines in there, I guess, and maybe you know, cytokine application would. Uh, I don't know. They're inf pro-inflammatory usually, but I, I don't know. Maybe question. her boyfriend's using some kind of uh, cortisone. Yeah, something. some kind of numbing agent of some sort. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's an interesting thought. So maybe she just thinks she feels better. Well, I'm assuming she's saying that the whole thing resolves. Uh, uh, like the sore throat goes away. I don't know. Give me another one. Hey, Hitler. I recently started dating a beautiful woman from your land of Germany. Uh, we were recently doing our thing, made light, looked down, saw red, uh, lots of red, and was very confused because uh, she has an IUD, so she's not supposed to get periods, to my knowledge. She said uh, she was not on her period and that uh, she wasn't in any pain from this. So I'm just really confused as to what happened. Hoping you can uh, enlighten me a bit here. Is my dick just so huge that I managed to hit the IUD and rupture something uh, and somehow cause her to bleed? Let me know what you think. Ta-ta there, retard. No, no. She had mid-cycle bleeding. She had some uterine lining instability, which uh, the IUD can do. People with IUDs still uh, can have periods, depending on what kind of ID is in there. Uh, and it's you know the uterine lining is built up. She will probably have to talk to her doctor about it because uh, that buildup sometimes can be you know it's it's usually only a problem in postmenopausal women, but. Uh, and I, I'm assuming we're not thinking the red came from you, right? Hematospermia is a pretty common thing, and it's a, another opportunity to say that that's a common thing, and it's benign in the vast majority of cases, but I usually do make a urologist look at the guys who get that, which is, again, common. 
So yeah, uterine mid-cycle bleeding stirred by sexual activity, very, very common. And the IUD doesn't make it impossible. So, all right. Did, did I see all the videos? Is that it for the videos for now? We have one more. Ah. Ah. Yeah. All right, so uh, he seems somewhat smug with his assessment here. What this says is a 24-year-old female comes to the ER, says, my heart is racing. She also says she feels short of breath. On further questioning, she has had three dark black stools, which is a black stool is a sign of bleeding in the gastrointestinal tract up high, like in the stomach or esophagus or even the duodenum. Uh, she also tells you she uses ibuprofen every day for back pain. What is your top diagnosis? Well, he is going for you know something obvious, and the obvious thing would be upper gastrointestinal bleeding. The non-steroidal anti-inflammatories very commonly cause erosion of the stomach and gastritis and bleeding or esophagus and bleeding there. Uh, I will remind people also, they're also a very common cause of a variety of kidney dysfunctions, interstitial kidney disease, kidney failure. Please limit your use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents like ibuprofen. So this guy is saying, oh, I know what this is. She's bleeding from her stomach. She's had the black stools because that's a sign that that's the case. And her blood count is down. That's why her heart is racing to compensate for the low blood count. And she's short of breath because her hemoglobin is going to be like seven or six. Yeah, that's obviously the case. Or that's not what's happening. Maybe she's having a panic attack and she's also someone that takes iron supplements. And that's why the black stools. So the the one thing uh, you know his his sort of certitude here is what I'm actually addressing is that you can never be certain of anything. You can certainly think you know what the di the answers are, but uh, in clinical medicine things often go very different than you expect. So always have backup considerations in your mind, which is what I used to hammer at the residents about. Uh, you were shaking your head, and is there something I was saying? Or are you just talking? Yeah. Oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think uh, I'd love to do another voicemail if we could. I think we're out of calls here. Voice message would be great. You got it. One sec. Hey, Dr. Hitler. Quick question about retrograde ejaculation. Nah. If, let's say, one were to do that and it lowers their sperm count, because testosterone and sperm are built in the same spot in the testes, could that also decrease testosterone production? later in life, like it can fertility. Anyway, you bet I'm coming up in May. Keep them high and tight. Okay, I'll answer his question in a minute, but you bet I'll be coming up in May. I saw some pictures of him with his boyfriend. Uh, I, that's, I think I saw that on Christina's uh, Instagram of uh, Ed Asner with his boyfriend. Uh, they were in a pool. They were putting sun tanning lotion on each other. They looked very happy. I, I actually was happy for them. Uh, and then I was sad for the guy that lost Ed Asner. I guess he's passed away since then. But um, it, I, it was weird because I had a whole new sort of take on You Bet I'll Be Coming Up in May. It's like it was it was sort of um, hard for me to like to watch. And then knowing somehow that he ended up in this great relationship with somebody he really cared about, it sort of all kind of seemed okay to me. <laughs> it was a very weird reaction I had to it. You guys know what I'm talking about? Have you seen him with his boyfriend? Uh, I have not seen. I haven't this seen it. They, they look. They have a the same body type. Let's just say. They, I see why they're into each other. Um, but to his question, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, retrograde ejaculation just means the semen goes into the bladder, 
doesn't go into the body. It goes into the bladder. Now, the bladder is a sterile space. It's sort of inside the body. It's not really outside the body like the vagina is or like the GI tract is. It's a sterile environment. And, and I guess some of it can get absorbed there, but it, nothing hormonally is absorbed. Uh, just the proteins are absorbed and that kind of thing. Otherwise, it comes out when you pee, and then it's outside the body even more. Uh, so I don't know what he means about the you know that the, the somehow this is going to suppress testosterone or suppress sperm production. I, I I don't know what he's talking about. There's there's nothing like that that happens. So that's do you guys know what he's talking about? Did I did I misinterpret what he was trying to say? Mm-hmm. No, he no lost diagnosis. me at like retrograde ejaculation. <laughs> I was like just picturing what is that? That's the first yeah. time you've heard of that. Yes, I've heard both those words just not Dude, together. Dude, you've heard me talk about it a million times, Eddie. Well, you were dissociated when I was talking about it. Perhaps. Uh, Retrograde ejaculation yeah, is a very common thing. Uh, some guys have it chronically. It's caused by medication typically. When you when you ejaculate, there's sort of a, a valve that goes that sends the sperm out the penis uh, and not back up into the bladder. It's hard It's hard to do it with diagrams. I'd have to literally like write, walk up to the diagram to show you. But let's just say the valve closes, the semen comes out of the seminal vesicles, comes out the semen. And if it doesn't close properly, it can go backwards into the bladder, right? You see how they're right next to each other there? And it can easily just go back into the bladder. And if it's doing that sort of chronically, you can get into a fertility problem. Not because your sperm count is lowered, it's because your sperm isn't coming out into the vagina. It stays in the bladder. And uh, in guys that have that chronically, it can be an issue. Sort of, they have to figure that out. There's medications to help change that valve a little bit, uh, but that's not good. That's a problem. The feeling of ejaculation is exactly the same. Just nothing comes out the penis. Huh? You guys got it? No, Chad. Chad, no. Chad, I see you looking confused. Yeah, I just can't imagine it feeling the same as. Dude, I have no fluid, and it feels the same. Okay. Oh. So I drop the mic now. <laughs> hey, it's it, the where the fluid goes. Whether you have fluids is separate mechanism from the uh, from the uh, actual orgasm itself. Um, Skankfest, gentlemen. Um, so re- just to wrap up. Um, so I told you the story about uh, Stanhope peeing and then drinking his urine on stage. That became one of the sentinel moments of the event. The other one was Do- Joe Larosa getting a. Uh, am I saying his name right? Dorosa. Joe Dorosa. Uh, having a uh, oral sex with a transsexual individual. That's right. And I could never figure out. I everyone told the story a million times. I still don't know. Was it a female to male or male to female? I don't even know what they what, uh, what direct male to female. So it was a female. Male to female because he jacked him off, right? That was a thing. Like, yeah, that was like part took of it. A load. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Well, it could have been a male, female to male, female to male. Oh, right, like. Post that. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So. I, I mean, I, I, but I, I assume he would. So that was the other sentinel moment. But the other thing that I, I talked to a couple of show, you guys a little bit about a couple of shows ago, that was just an extraordinary moment was all the skanks with Roseanne Barr and Violent J. Do you, do you know who Violent J is? Do you guys know him? Mm-hmm. The ICP? Yeah. And ICP and, you know, the, the jugglers and the skank fest, jug, the, the, the gathering and the skank fest, they're sort of in, I, I think, the skanks were inspired by by the juggalos, and it really was nice to see Violent J there. He was in rare form. He was tripping on mushrooms, and um, he was very grateful to be there. And he goes, Roseanne, why are you so crazy? Because I need to know. And she went on about how she'd had 
serious mental illness and she finally sort of found a spiritual life and decided to lean into everything and you know it kind of worked for her her mental illness sort of symptoms subsided and she sort of embraces her craziness you remind me a little bit of um doug stanhope's uh, uh wife's partner are they married uh, bingo uh, bingo's had some issues and she they just live their life they just they they are just human beings with certain conditions and uh, that's that I, I fully endorse that. I fully endorse that. As long as, as long as the symptoms don't affect functioning. If they affect functioning or the ability to sort of live in your home or you end up on the street, then we need some treatment. But if it's um, stabilized and you're able to live with it and function well, good. You're just another interesting person. All right. That's my uh, that's my public service announcement for the day. You guys have any questions about the gang? Oh, actually, Tony was up there too. Tony Hankliff was on that same panel. Um, and he was, yeah, there it is. Oh, there they all are. That whoop, the, the, uh, there in the, mm, yeah, that one. That's everybody. You can't see Dave Smith very well in that Wait, one. Is right? that you? Yes, that's me. <laughs> that's me because, um, I was, uh, they very kindly set up a, a, a place for me in the audience of a couple rows back and, uh, they, <laughs> They started talking about uh, getting deep into their drug talk, and uh, all of a sudden, I think uh, Lewis said, "Look at this, Drew's in the second row. Wonder what he's thinking." And Violent J went, "Holy shit, Drew's here! Oh my god, you get up here! You got to be up here with us!" And so that's you know they dragged me up. That was toward the end of the show, thank God. So and it was nice. It was fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna do an interview with Roseanne. We gotta get Roseanne in here. Wouldn't that be interesting? Right? It'd be pretty dope. It'd, It'd be, be dope. Fun. Let's work on that, everybody. Uh, all right, that's our show for today. We appreciate you all being here. Uh, again, voice messages, 818-253-1693. Keep an eye out for the uh, call-ins. That's 818-797-9959. That's for the live calls. We'll we'll send that out on social when we're taking live calls. And, of course, these emails, drdrafterdark at gmail.com. We appreciate you all being here, part of the show. Booth Boys, thank you so much, gentlemen, as always. And we'll see everyone next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.